Welcome to Nature Therapy Online. Hello there folks, this is Stephen here from Nature Therapy Online and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4. So today... I've got my first ever nature therapy interview. I caught up with Caroline Brazier from the Tariki Trust, an organization based in England who train many people to become ecotherapists, people like myself, for example. Um, so I had a really lovely and inspiring conversation with Caroline, and I'm going to share it with you now. So I hope you enjoy. Here you go. Okay, so I'm here with Caroline Brazier, who is the course leader at Turiki Trust in England and the inspiring author of many books on Buddhism, ecotherapy and psychotherapy, including Acorns Among the Grass, Adventures in Ecotherapy. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here, Caroline. Um, I've personally learned so much from you and uh, you've been really instrumental in my own path. So it's really lovely to have this conversation. My first ever interview on the podcast with, with you, actually. So how are you today? How are, how are things down there in Narborough? Oh, I'm good. Yes. Well, thank you very much for that introduction, Steve. And yes, I mean, it's at last the rain seems to have stopped. Um, and I've been able to get out today. We've had a couple of days of rain. And yeah, I mean... I like going out in the rain sometimes, but it's a bit off-putting, um, I have to admit, compared to a bit of blue sky like we woke up to this morning. So, yeah, it's been really nice. And things are good here. That's great. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. And if it's any consolation, it's the same up here, just relentless rain, which is probably not a surprise. Mm -hmm. but, um... It's been a very strange year in that respect, hasn't it? I mean, back in April, it felt like August. And now it feels like February half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, seemed to have a really great spring in the UK, and but now summer's hit. It's just took a nosedive, hasn't it? So that's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So and, I mean, that makes me think about kind of environmental issues and so on, because mm. you know I think these these weather patterns. You know, we can complain about them, we can laugh about them, but. They are worrying because things are changing. Mm -hmm. And is that mm -hmm. something that is, uh, you know, would you say, um, where would the environmental link, I guess, for people who um, are new to nature therapy and, and ecotherapy, I thought that was a really important thing that you've just touched on there, you know, like, um, where would the link be for you in a therapeutic context, I suppose, uh, uh, around the environment? Like how, how would you bring it into, or would you bring it into ecotherapy? Not necessarily explicitly, no. I mean, people don't want to be kind of preached at. Um, and I don't think everyone's in a place where that's their kind of main priority in their minds. But I think it's certainly there as an underpinning. And I think really 
uh, vital that we have that awareness that we're not just kind of using nature as some kind of a mechanical device for therapy. Um, but I suppose I also have a kind of trust that if you take people out into nature and you do stuff with them, that they will start to relate to it in a different sort of way, particularly if you're doing stuff that's raising awareness. You know, and I think this is, this is what's core cool for me is that connection that people feel. You know, when you take somebody out, can you help that person to feel more connection with the space that they're in rather than just being in their head and isolated in themselves? Mm. Because it's our, our connectedness ultimately, which is where our, our psychological health comes from. So, you know, I think the connection to nature that comes when you go outdoors, I think this is foundational to actually creating a, um, a good relationship with the environment and that then will have an ongoing effect in terms of that person's caring for the environment. Mm, I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And it, it's something that it's something that I've, you know, noticed in my own path in life. You know, I think if, um, if we learn to actually love nature again and feel a part of it again, it's something that can start to unfail quite naturally in us. I think, you know, this appreciation for, Want, we want to care for the things that we love and that we feel connected to. And, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was a really, you know, a really nice start. It becomes family, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, could you actually tell us a little bit about the Tariki Trust, Caroline, and I guess what you're up to at the moment and maybe how the Tariki Trust came about? Sure. Well, the Tariki Trust is an umbrella um, organisation. Um, we're Buddhist. And we're interested in providing training and activities and retreats and so on, which are mostly founded in Buddhist psychology. Um, but within that, we have quite a strong ecotherapy program and an interest in the environment, which I think for me is very much almost synonymous with Buddhist practice. I mean, the caring for the environment is something that is goes all the way through the Buddhist tradition right back to the Buddha's time himself. Mm. Um, so it's a Buddhist organization. It's a training organization. Um, we run the 10 Directions training program that you know. Yeah, uh, very well. And that program started, I think 2010 was the first year that I, I ran something. Um, and then uh, the program itself, we started to recruit students. And it was really about taking the psychology and the psychotherapy that we were doing indoors into the outdoors, which seemed like a, a natural development. Um, I mean, it's something I've always had an interest in. I've worked outdoors, well, since I began in community work and I used to take groups outdoors then. So it's been something that's been around for a long time for me. Um, but combining it with psychotherapy has been something relatively new and part of a growing movement as well. You know, I think there's actually, if you look around in the UK, there's a lot more interest in ecotherapy in different shapes and forms. It's a very broad field. Mm. But we're a part of that. I should also say, incidentally, that whilst we're a Buddhist organisation, we're also a very eclectic organisation, and the participants in our courses are definitely not all Buddhist. We have people from all sorts of different backgrounds and traditions 
but it, we do we do have a spiritual aspect to the course in the sense that you know I think our spirituality is very much interconnected with our relationship with the environment and our relationship with nature. So you know these things are inseparable, really. Our psychology, our environment that we live in, our spirituality. I don't see these as separate fields. I think they're all interconnected in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I can say from um being on the course myself, even though I do identify as Buddhist myself, you know, the you know, there's a real diversity, I think, in uh, the backgrounds of the people who come to do the training. And that's something that I think was really rich about it, you know, and I guess I would say, you know, to anybody thinking about, you know, um, or who's in the UK and looking to do um, ecotherapy training, um, that's definitely worth looking into and checking out. Um, I know that, you know, the, at the moment, a lot of your courses are running online. I mean, so, I mean, how has that been um, actually in terms of running ecotherapy uh, training modules online like how have you found that shift with the situation we're in with the COVID-19 lockdown that we've had how has how have you managed? Well it's been quite challenging because we are a very hands-on sort of course um, but having said that there's always been an online component to the course you know as it was set up it was originally set up as five units which each of them involved uh, an online section which was receiving daily emails with an exercise that sent the students out into nature to do something and then come and report back online um, and then have a weekend associated with that where we pulled it all together and everybody met and we went out and we did something um, and then an intensive at the end. Um, so we still have the online uh, units running as they were but we've had to replace the attendance parts of it and that's actually been first of all it was a bit of a kind of oh goodness how are we going to do this but it's actually been quite a creative opportunity because it's allowed us to diversify the course a bit um, so what we've done is we've replaced the attendance part with various different kinds of online experiences and so we're doing we're doing some more units which are more daily exercises and so on I've just finished doing one with photography where the students were going out taking photographs every day, um, posting those online and then commenting on their own and each other's and the experience and what they learned from it and so on, and using that as a, a tool for working therapeutically in quite a diverse number of different ways. Um, we've got a group work module coming up that's going to be a bit more theoretical, but still hopefully getting people outside looking at spaces they might work in and how they would think about running a group there, that kind of thing. Um, but then we're also doing things like ecotherapy retreats where we come together as a group on Zoom. Uh, we have a meditation at the beginning. We set some kind of an exercise. People then go out, they do something, they come back. We have a group session where they share what they've been doing. They go out again, um, do some more, come back, share, and so on. And so there's a combination of um, face-to-face uh, and then we've had seminar series, you know, and we're bringing in various other people. I mean, that's one of the nice things about it is that some of our former students are running some seminars. And we've also um, got uh, somebody who's um, got a long history in environmentalism and also uh, has an interest in Buddhist texts. And he's been 
doing quite a detailed course on Buddhism and the environment that he's just mm. just started a seminar series on. So we've got quite a diversity of different things, and it means that students can pick a mix a bit more. But yeah, I mean, we're hoping to get back to face-to-face and outdoors. Yeah, that's it. Sounds amazing, and and I think mm. you know what came to mind for me as you were talking then is. Um, the aspects of the course, um, and I, I suppose I should clarify for the people listening that I did my own ecotherapy training with uh, the Tariki Trust, and that's where our, our link comes from. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think there were so many elements of the course that were just really good for me to do as a human being, as much as someone who was training to actually, um, you know, become an ecotherapist and support other people with it. And, um, you know, I mean, how, you know, would you say you've had many students come along who come for their own self-development or is that something, you know, if people were listening and they were thinking, oh, actually, you know, some of that sounds quite good, but I'm not sure if I'd want to, you know, be a nature therapist, but maybe that's something that could, uh, you know, could, could enrich my life. Do some people come along to the courses from that angle sometimes? Oh, yes. I mean, it's certainly it's possible to do that. And, you know, I think when people start out, they don't necessarily know what they're going to do with it. Mm. You know, I mean, and it's, as I said, it's a very diverse field. You can do all sorts of different things under the umbrella of ecotherapy. So it might be anything from volunteering at a local community project to doing psychotherapy outdoors. Mm. Um, And the people we get on the courses, we have everything from qualified psychotherapists and counsellors who want to start to work outdoors and so want to develop some skills to people who are just coming along for their own interest Mm. to people who are maybe working in outdoor activities but want some more therapy oriented skills Mm. or or whatever so it's a very diverse group and we're not pretending to train people as full psychotherapists who don't have any prior training. Mm. It's not like that, but we can give people skills that they can use at whatever level they're at with a more psychological orientation. And if they just want to do it for themselves, then that's fine. That's great. You know, a lot of people do that. Mm. That's great. And if they want to dip in, I mean, the because we've got all these online units at the moment, we've got people dipping in and we had 20 people on the photography course wow. of whom I think less than half probably are interested in doing the full training, mm. but people are doing it because it's, it's an interesting personal development thing to do. And, and as you say, it's, it's, it's enriching from a personal angle to explore. And also, I mean, ecotherapy is so broad, isn't it? You know, and, and, you know, we can be working in, all kinds of fields and might not necessarily, you know, want to be quote unquote an, an ecotherapist, but at the same time, it's just so good for us as people to reconnect with nature and to spend more time outdoors. And I mean, I know from having a background as a, a counselor, you know, how much things are shifting there in terms of the attitudes towards being outdoors. You know, I, I think, 10 years ago when I was training, you know, there was such an emphasis on, and I think there still is to a degree, you know, to quite a large degree actually, but, you know, a a huge emphasis on, you know, you know, confidentiality is king and that therefore that means you must be in a a room with a wall in between you. But, um, but I think, you know, I've noticed a shift in attitudes in, in all kinds of ways as to how people are working and even, 
even you know even if you're working in a field where which is completely you know unrelated to you know mental health in in some ways you know we all have a mental health and we all want to feel good when we're at work and there's always things we can incorporate into our job that can involve us getting outdoors more and and yeah i mean how would you and i think we've pretty much touched on it already but i'm i'm I like to hear other people's definitions of ecotherapy because I think it is so broad and it is such an umbrella term, you know, and, and there are certain ways that I've been describing it on my website and, and, and on the show. So, I mean, how, how would you describe it yourself if you were, if, if you had to put it in a, in a, in a really broad nutshell? <laughs> I think that's a very difficult question because I think it's different things to different people. Um, but I suppose it's, it's something about, going outdoors deliberately with a sense that it's going to be a healing connection. Mm, that's lovely. I really like that. Yeah. Just uh, deliberately, I think is the key, is one of the key words there, isn't it? I think, I think there is a consciousness about it, that that connection and um, the fact that it is beneficial that makes it into ecotherapy rather than just going for a walk. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which isn't to say that going for a walk isn't therapeutic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think this is where it gets complicated. Yeah, I guess mm. it's the something around the you know the, uh, making deliberate time for nature and, and and a headspace for it. And yeah, I suppose you can. I suppose for me, like I, I can I can go for a walk and my head can be full of thoughts and, and I can, you know, forget to really pay attention for what, to what's going on around me. And that can still be good for me anyway. It's good for my body and it's good, still better than probably sitting at home with the thoughts. But I guess if I was going out with, uh, you know, uh, ecotherapy exercises in mind, I, m- I might think, right, okay, I, w- I, w- I want to really like pay, a, be aware of what's around me right now. And yeah. But, yes, that's right. Yes. Yes. So something I'm interested in, Caroline, is um, uh, you know y- your background and what brought you to you know to doing this because it's such a, a it's it's such a huge thing that you do and and you've been doing it you know for the last ten years and I imagine ten years ago, um, you know I mean a lot of people you know, were very uh, confused by the concept of ecotherapy and I think. People are now seem to take to it very quickly. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I wonder, you know, I guess to have set up um, your Ten Directions ecotherapy course, you know, there must have been a real drive for that. So I mean, where does that come from? Do you have you always been someone who loves nature, or were there some specific experiences that you might have had in life that really connected you? Like how, how did that come about for you? Well, I think I've always, I've always loved it. I mean, I, when I was eight years old, I received the only school prize I ever received. And it was a book and inscribed in it was, but it was for my hard work in nature and poetry. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> And I think it's always been a love of mine. Um, and I've always spent a lot of time outdoors as a child. I was, um, I grew up in London. And I, I think this is an important aspect, actually, that you don't necessarily have to be in particularly wild spaces. Um, I, I like the sort of those little marginal areas. And 
down our street, there was a little triangle of woodland um, that was really just a, a kind of forgotten bit that had got grown over uh, rather than a sort of deliberate wood. But, you know, we, we spent all our spare time in there playing and building camps and doing all sorts of things we weren't supposed to. And I just, it was part of, it was part of who I was growing up. And, you know, it was, I was interested in nature in a kind of rational way, in a, a cognitive way, in that I, I can remember learning about the plants and the birds and that kind of thing, you know, before I was five. I've got little books of pressed flowers that I made before I could even write and that kind of thing. Um, because I used to do those sorts of things in those days. Um, but the just playing outdoors and the immersion in it, I think, was just so valuable. And I suppose doing ecotherapy is a way to go back to that. <laughs> you know, I've gradually started to learn to play outdoors again and to play and build dens and all that kind of thing. <laughs> That's lovely. I mean, it sounds like you were a real, um, a real little nature fairy from, from the off then. I think so, yes. Mm. yes. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I really appreciate what you say about um, being in, in cities, you know. Um, I guess most people would picture London you know I mean you know obviously a lot of a lot of us have been to London and a lot of people live there but you know for people um you know outside of the UK who may never have been I've got this probably got a more industrial image of it than you know it actually is it does have some quite a lot of green space but all the same you know it is a it is a metropolis and you know I really um value um, and that's something I valued about the 10 directions course that you know we do that was always a part of it there's the emphasis that nature is everywhere and you know that that's certainly for me growing up from the suburbs of Liverpool like with what you said about you know that you know there was a you know a little accidental copse of trees or something that's exactly that's what my nature experience was but it can it's still beautiful memories are associated with it so I think that's a key thing for people to take away, actually. You know, that doesn't matter where you are. You know, you don't have to, you know, uh, you know, you don't have to find a forest and you don't have to be in, you know, the middle of some, like, you know, uh, wild, uh, you know, natural setting. You know, the, the nature is growing through the cracks everywhere and it, it's, it's trying to reclaim its space wherever we are. And there's, there's always a tree somewhere and a little bird appearing and, yeah, it's, 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 it's really important, I think, that point. One of the exercises I really like doing is sending people out with a camera to photograph all the stuff that's growing in the cracks in the pavements, oh, the lovely. edges of buildings and in gutters and that kind of thing. Because it's just amazing when you start to look how much stuff is growing and that kind of life force that that represents. Mm. You know, in the most barren areas, when you discover stuff that's that's growing, maybe not necessarily in a very healthy way, but sometimes amazingly healthy. We've got a whole rosemary bush growing out of our back wall. It's quite amazing. I mean, where its roots go, goodness only knows, but nature has a way of coming in in the most unlikely spaces. Just that that driving force, isn't it? And you know, the, the, that is is there. Like you know, no matter how much we think that we're in control of everything it, it's somehow a reminder isn't it that growth that you know that, that we're not the center of everything and actually you know we can't keep it down you know well I mean that's you know we kind of are in a lot of ways but you know but at the same time it, 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 it's, it's always growing back and um, and is everywhere and 
I guess, you know, something to maybe, you know, round, round the interview off. Um, you know, I appreciate you've got seminars and things that you need to be getting on with today, probably. So, um, you know, that, that was such a, a great task that you just shared there. And I think that's something that I'm going to try myself today when I take the dog out. So that's, that, that, that's a great one that I would challenge listeners to, to try out, you know, taking photographs of the, you know, the, the, the nature that's growing through the cracks in the pavement, wherever you are. But yeah, is, would there be another, you know, another task that you could think of to share for the listeners, maybe people who are quite new to, to practice in nature therapy or ecotherapy, um, something really simple that anyone could try um, that you would suggest, Caroline? I think at its simplest, go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, step out of your front door, stand on the doorstep, maybe just close your eyes, breathe, stop. You know, and then just start to walk. And, you know, as you walk, notice what attracts your attention. Notice what what catches you and spend time to pause. You know, I went out this morning and I walked in Thorpe Meadows, which is a five minute walk from us. It's the Water Meadows here in Narborough. And I was just walking along beside the river and I just heard this bird singing. And I stopped and it was just amazing. It was a goldfinch and it was right on top of a hawthorn bush. Mm. But just taking that moment to just stop and listen and connect with that bird. It's those kinds of magic moments that, that really um, touch us. Mm. And actually, I will give you one more practice because there's a lovely um, practice that was de developed by somebody in uh, University of Derby. And this is called three good things in nature oh yeah and i think if you're feeling kind of a bit a bit down then just each day making it a practice to go out and just notice three things that that touch you write them down take a photograph whatever you want to do or just remember them but just that discipline of finding three good things in nature incredibly healing and they they got some very good research results from that that test but I think it's a, a lovely practice to do and I sometimes do it myself just for the fun of it that's beautiful yeah. that's really really great thanks very much Caroline and um, just before we we head off um, where can people find you online what's the best website to to get you on um, well our main website uh, is www full stop Buddhist psychology, full stop, dot info. That's great. Okay. okay well, you'll just... find it on there. Or you can just Google Tariki Trust or Caroline Brazier and it'll all come up. So. That's great. Well, listen, it's been really lovely. And I'm just inspired in hearing you talk, actually, you know, with uh, those tasks at the end are, I think, really useful and and. Um, and yeah, you know, you, you, I've just learned so much from you myself. It's, it, it, it's been uh, lovely to have you here and an honor that you're giving your time to us to share with people out there. So thanks so much, Caroline. And, um, and yeah, I, you know, I hope you have a lovely day and I hope you, your little goldfinch comes back again soon and says hi again. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I've really appreciated it. And that's great. You know, it's not all coming from me. It's, it's very much an interactive process, this, this learning about ecotherapy. That's great. Interactive with other people, interactive with nature. 
That's great. Thank you very well, much. Thanks a lot, Caroline. Bye-bye. So that concludes my interview with Caroline Brazier. I really hope you enjoyed that, folks, and found it inspiring. And yeah, I'd encourage you to go and find out more about the work that they do wherever you live in the world. So that's it for this week. And um, thank you very much for tuning in. And as usual, um, as this is a new podcast, if you could be kind enough to share it with your friends, post links, subscribe, like, comment on the blog, however it is that you can show any appreciation that you might have. And hopefully, hopefully a handful of you at least uh, are enjoying it out there. That would be really, really kind and much appreciated. Um, so have a lovely week. Make sure that you get out into nature and appreciate nature. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Visit me online at naturetherapyonline.net.